0: Welcome to the Physician's Financial Checkup Podcast, where we discuss the financial challenges and opportunities facing medical professionals. In this podcast, we'll discuss a variety of financial topics that are important to physicians, such as retirement planning, investing, and estate planning. We will also interview experts in the financial services industry to get their insights on these topics. If you're a physician or a spouse of a physician, I encourage you to listen to this podcast. We will provide you with the information you need to make Sound financial decisions and achieve your financial goals. Here's your host, Brent Bowden, a financial coach and certified financial planning advisor with over 15 years of experience helping medical professionals achieve their financial goals. To learn more about Brent Bowden and his services, visit brentbowden.com.
1: Welcome to the Physician's Financial Checkup Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Bowden, and today we have a great guest with us to talk about Giving Tuesday. So Michelle Carey is the Director of Professional Advisor Relations at the Greater Cincinnati Foundation, where she serves as the philanthropic resource for professional advisors to help their clients leverage their giving during and after their lifetimes. So Michelle's been in the industry for over 25 years, started with the Chicago Community Trust, uh, and now works at the Greater Cincinnati Foundation. We're lucky to have her as a resource here in Northern Kentucky and Greater Cincinnati. So let's talk to Michelle today. I have a guest, uh, Michelle Carey, who is the dr- director of professional advisor services at the Greater Cincinnati Foundation. We really look forward to having her on our show today.
2: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm so happy that um, that you're featuring philanthropy and uh and giving back that's that's really wonderful
1: pleasure to have you on the show so before we get started we always like to tell a little bit about your background how did you get to gcf what's that journey been like for you
2: so um my career goes back to uh, my first job was for a nonprofit, and i just fell in love with um the concept of of Giving back to a community to make it better. Uh, I lived in Chicago for for a time, and I worked for the Chicago Community Trust, which is the community foundation there. And now I work at the Community Foundation here in Cincinnati, Greater Cincinnati Foundation. And I love being able to help generous people with finding a plan for their giving and feeling good, um, bringing joy to uh, their giving experience.
1: Fantastic. So tell me a little bit more about GCF you know, as an organization. Who do they help serve, um, and then obviously, how do you get involved with GCF?
2: Sure, sure, thank you. Um, so we are celebrating 60 years of generosity. So we've been we've been around a while. Awesome. And uh, we serve the tri-state region of Ohio, Kentucky, and also the county of Dearborn, Indiana. We have eight counties that we serve. And when I say we serve those counties, we work with nonprofits to provide grant funding for the work that they're doing in, in the, our community. Um, and so the way that we do that is we work with generous people who many have donor advised funds in here um, that they use as a, as a vehicle for um, for tax savings, charitable tax savings that they then convert to uh, supporting nonprofits uh, locally, nationally, and internationally. And we also have some dollars that people have left to us after their lifetime that we steward. And uh, those those are the dollars that we use specifically for grant requests that come from our nonprofit partners.
1: So we've talked a little bit about donor advised funds on, on our show in the past, but tell us a little bit more about how GCF works with donor advised funds.
2: Sure. So um, donor advised funds are really tax efficient vehicle, as you know, where a donor can uh, make a gift um, into their donor advised fund. It's a fund that they name and then they decide they have advising privileges of where they would like to give those dollars. And um, we're a public charity. So, so of course there's the tax benefit, but moreover working with a local community foundation, Um, there's, we have experts here. So I could take you and walk you through my office here and you would see people hard at work, uh, working with our nonprofit partners and learning about them, looking at their financials, their board, the projects that they're working on and seeing the work that they do. So our donors really value that we have community knowledge that they can tap into to really um, uh, get a plan together of where, where do we want to give, Um, and, and it's people like me and my team who talk about, well, why do you want to give and how can we help?
1: One of the things we love about donor advised funds too, is if if you're not sure yet, but you still need that tax write off right now, you can go ahead and take that in the current year, but still figure out a little bit about what you want to do with those money. Um, and I know you all work with a number of organizations. Do you know how many, uh, nonprofits around Cincinnati area do you work with?
2: Oh gosh. Um, I don't have that number. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that um we we support a lot of the local nonprofits. Um and and also our donors can give from their donor advised funds um nationally and internationally. And so companies like Pro- Procter and Gamble do do their corporate philanthropy globally through GCF, for example. And and for just the, you know, common everyday donor like you and me, Um, donors can also, um, co-invest with, with GCF and other donors to make projects happen. So when we find out about emergency needs, for example, where there's, um, there's a homeless shelter that needs, uh, needs money next week, we can make that happen, uh, because we can tap into our donor network. And, um, there's so many generous people in our community who really want to help.
1: Well, so... What we're talking about today, really, is while philanthropy is a big part of it, Giving Tuesday is always a fun time that uh, started, I think, about 11 years ago uh, as a way to remind everybody in the holiday season why it's important to give back. And so tell us a little bit about uh, some of the initiatives GCS has on Giving Tuesday.
2: Well, sure. And I actually did a little bit of research on Giving Tuesday itself. Awesome. So, so if you don't mind, yeah, I- let's share the history. It, it was an opportunity for me to learn a little bit about it. At that, actually, um, November 27th, 2012 was when Giving Tuesday emerged and it came out of New York City. It was part of uh, um, through a team of innovators who were really thinking about how can we use technology and social media to leverage giving. And it was through actually um, a local Y that was in New York City, um, partnering with the United Nations Foundation wow. to and I love that component that there was the local piece of a vibrant city. And then there was the international lens as well. And so the idea is to encourage global community to focus on altruism. And um, most people take part by making a financial um, donation to their favorite nonprofits or uh, doing some sort of service in their in their community, and I love this idea of um, of local impact and global focus because I think as a community foundation, um, we we have a core knowledge here in our region, but giving globally and making the world a better place is really important. And so I love how that brings it together. Um, in 2012, it was 10 million dollars that originally came out wow. of um out of giving tuesday and in 2022 3.1 billion dollars is the number That's that incredible. is attributed to it so it's a it's a 15% year over year increase that we've been seeing with that and um november 28th is is the next giving tuesday for 2023 um and you know here at GCF we believe that generosity happens, you know, 365 days a year. And it's just wonderful that there's a day that spotlights um generosity. And so we actually have our own uh Giving Tuesday campaign uh to support our work that we do in the community. And we have a family, a Cincinnati family, the Freelander family, who actually matches donations. Uh, that are made on that day. And so I would say um, in general, you might find that uh, or one might find that their favorite nonprofit also has something interesting going on to uh, to drive traffic to their website, to get people to give on that day. And matching gifts may be one of those.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I know there's lots of places to look on social media uh, and we'll put a link to GCF's Giving Tuesday page up. Um, but I think it's also one of the things that I've always loved about philanthropy is it doesn't matter if it's a penny or a $100 million. Uh, you can give of your time, your talents, and service as well. And so it doesn't always mean that you have to give money on Di- Giving Tuesday. Uh, showing up and helping a nonprofit is certainly a big piece of it too. So you know, we always love all the different ways that you can uh, certainly help back. But on Giving Tuesday, it is a little bit more about opening your wallet up and uh, and helping with what you have
2: and And I think it was a really clever idea because you know everyone's known Black Friday for years when they would get up at four in the morning and go shop the sales and then um small business saturday was was another initiative and I think it's lovely that giving Tuesday has emerged as a way to show gratitude and to give back to the community absolutely
1: well, so we talked about a couple of different ways that you can give back what are g c f s efforts with those matching dollars in the they're giving Tuesday fund is it specific to a cause or is it uh just kind of go into the the general fund for all the nonprofits that you support across Cincinnati
2: so it actually helps with initiatives that um that we're doing in the community around um, affordable housing um economic growth and sustainability for individuals um and, and the work that we're doing to convene nonprofits and to um, make our community a better place. We, um, so we're a nonprofit ourselves, a public charity, and that's what fuels, mm-hmm. the, fuels the work that, that we do. Great. And, so, and also, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> we also have our women's fund uh, here at GCF who benefits from giving Tuesday as well. And their mission is around economic uh, self-sufficiency for women.
1: Perfect. Well, so as we're talking about those donations, are there any specific thresholds to, for people to donate? Is it a $1 dollar or hundred dollars or anything? Or anything goes?
2: Anything. All of it matters. All of it counts. All of it makes a difference. And so, um, for for us here, every dollar up, up to the first twenty five thousand will be matched dollar for dollar by the Friedlander family. That's incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, certainly a a great cause to be able to put some money toward. So one of the things that uh, some people are always a little hesitant about is when they're giving money in philanthropy, how do they make sure that those dollars are going where they they intend for them to and not covering costs and things like that? So Mm -hmm. how do donors make sure that their donations are going to the cause that they're trying to support?
2: So I think that's one of the advantages of supporting local organizations that are right in your own neighborhood is that you're more likely to see their work, um, the fruit of their work. And so um, you might receive newsletters from them, annual reports, things that are actually showing the work being done. Um, they certainly, um, there's Charity Navigator and other online resources that, um, that will show um, that they're doing the work. But I think just having a personal connection to uh, really is the best way. Not, we should not be afraid to um, talk with someone at the organization to learn more about what they're doing, what they what they feel is having impact, what they're seeing in the community that they serve, and also asking the question of how you can help.
1: I think getting back to the time thing as well, if you're involved with the organization, you can oftentimes see where that money is going. So uh, it's great to give them the money, but sometimes your, yeah. your time is helpful as well.
2: We often see that that financial gifts to nonprofits follow volunteer activity. So when people start to roll up their sleeves and and actually meet the people who are doing the work and meet the people who are benefiting from the work, um, their hearts and pocketbooks open up.
1: So what are some tips for people who maybe this is their first time thinking about giving, uh, or they've given a few times, but not sure how to Make the most impact with those dollars. What are some tips for people new to philanthropy?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that actually, um, first, as as Nike says, just do it. Uh, just just do it. Follow your heart. Uh, if something if something uh, look for things that light you up that that make you feel like you're making a difference, and and follow that. I think another next step is to think about. More comprehensively, an annual budget, for example, how much of your income and this is where folks like you are so helpful in terms of what's what's the charitable budget Mm -hmm. and with that charitable budget um, where we come in to partner with folks like you, Brent, is that we can sit with you and your client and say, okay, if you have three buckets that you're giving from every year, they're, they're probably going to fall in three categories. There will be the responsive bucket, which is about 20% of your giving will be because Brent, you're riding in, um, in a, um, event that's going to raise money when you ride your bicycle and you participate in that way. And I want to support you. So there's those sorts of things. Um, and then there's, 30% Thirty percent is really around loyalty giving your house of worship, uh, where you went to school, a board that you serve on, where you're going to give every year, year after year, uh, typically um, the same amount, uh, but it might increase for uh, inflation or special needs. And then there's this other bucket which we really love, which is this fifty percent of what what are you passionate about? What brings you joy? Where do you feel like you can make a difference? And and sometimes when we're working with clients, it, it comes from asking questions like, what keeps you up at night? What, what challenge is there that you wish that you could solve so that your children and your grandchildren don't have to worry about that issue? And so um, so those are the buckets. And what's really interesting is when we, when we look back after a year or two years and we start to look at how did those buckets really fill up? And seeing if people are really following um, their plan, mm-hmm. uh, because what might happen is that we get a lot more requests than, than we realize. And, um, and so people are more likely to feel like they're making impact when they're following, when they're giving follows the things that they care about most.
1: Fantastic. When well, I know you kind of touched on it. Uh, one of the things that we do, obviously, uh, there is a philanthropic benefit uh, that, that helps everybody when people are donating. But a lot of our clients being high net worth, they're also taking advantage of the the tax planning. And I know one of the things that's great about GCF uh, is anybody that wants or needs to be in the room from a a CPA to a financial advisor, as well as you all to really think through how they can make the biggest impact, uh, both for their financial situation, but also the charities that they want uh, is something that you all welcome. How have you seen some of those meetings go um, and, and how have they worked? If you've got like a a story about somebody who has has had a successful discussion, learning how much they could save, but also how much they could affect uh, charity as well.
2: So the best conversations for clients are those that involve, as you were saying, their um, circle of professional advisors, because we all have different areas of expertise and knowledge. So having you there as the financial planning uh, component, having the estate plan, a planning attorney there, having the CPA, having a charitable representative really gives a, uh, comprehensive view to what the client has in terms of giving capacity and how to deploy those assets from uh, a tax effective standpoint. We especially find this is true for business owners who are, uh, perhaps liquidating, selling their business in, um, in the 5-, 7-, 10-year period, starting to have conversations early about how to do that strategically from a charitable perspective really pays off. So um, as you know, if um, a client were to donate a non-cash asset, privately held stock, or real estate, uh, and they do that prior to a sale, um, and that comes to the donor advice fund, they're getting the tax benefit that any appreciated property would have of eliminating capital gains.
1: As a physician, you are dedicated to helping your patients. But who's helping you with your own financial health? I'm Brent Bowden, a certified financial planner and author of a new book, the Physician's Financial Checkup. In my book, I'll show you how to take control of your finances, set realistic goals, create a budget that works for you, invest in your future, protect your assets, and much more. So if you're ready to achieve financial freedom, then The Physician's Financial Checkup is the book for you. You can order it now on Amazon Kindle, paperback, and audiobook coming soon. Check the link below in the description to get your copy today of The Physician's Financial Checkup, Financial Advice and Education for Medical Professionals. So Michelle, one of the things I really love is that GCF always has a great pulse on the community needs and where money needs to go on any given purpose. Talk a little bit about that. Tell me kind of some of those organizations, how you all vet it, and what happens when those monies are going out into the community?
2: Great question. So um, we have a whole team here, uh, my colleagues that work in the community strategies part of our organization, who are working side by side with nonprofits throughout the year. And uh, we'll, we'll submit a call for proposals around a given need in the community, and organizations will apply. And we review those proposals looking at board structure, financials, projects that they're working on, and will make decisions uh, about grant dollars to give out. And those dollars come from uh, generous people who have left GCF and their fund in their estate plans. And so Um, so while we have some donors who are actively giving out their donor advice fund to the things that they care about, there's also a pot of dollars that we give to, to the nonprofits. And there's so many, I can't go into specific nonprofits because There are no favorites. They're all doing great work. Uh, But one of the things that our donors really appreciate is that they can ask us about certain organizations that they're curious about, and we can let them know um, how we funded them in the past and and even offer a site visit to go and let them see for themselves.
1: Yeah, it's the fantastic thing about GCF is just that foundational knowledge where you all know where those dollars go that go to them, where the needs are at any given point. Uh, And that's why it's great to to work with a local community foundation like you all. Mm -hmm. So on that note, how much on an annual basis do you distribute or or have you in the past?
2: So um, in 2022, uh, we awarded nearly $120 million in grants. uh, Most of those coming from our donors, from their donor advised funds, and uh, and also from those dollars that I was talking about earlier that people have left us to make grants. And so- when we look back, at, so we're celebrating our 60th anniversary since 1963. Uh, GCF has had 1.5 billion dollars go out from our doors that was with into the, B, the world,
1: correct? Hmm? That, with a B, yes, That's billion, yeah. yes,
2: yes, it is. And so we live in a very generous community, and one of the things that makes us so proud about our donors is that. Uh, The payout rate from donor advised funds uh, typically is around 22%, which just shows that donors are actively giving to the charities that they love. And that's really great for our community. That's
1: fantastic. Well, And and I know we've talked about a couple different ways that people can give, obviously, their time, their money, their talents. Um, Cash is probably one of the things that people think of most. But I know there's a number of different ways that people can talk about giving. Just tell me a little bit about some of those strategies. We won't go into a ton of detail. Certainly, it's great to reach out to specialists or their financial advisor if they want to know more about it. But you know, there's a lot of alternate ways to give.
2: What are Abs- a few that you will see? Absolutely. So when people are putting dollars into their donor advised fund, we always encourage them to talk with their with their tax advisors. And what we find is that people are often giving highly appreciated stock. So these are stocks that they've hold, held for more than a year. They had very lo- they have very low basis. And when they make the donation into their donor advised fund, they're able to have a fair market value um, deduction. And also they won't have the capital gains on that. So for people who've been holding some of their favorite companies for years and years and the appreciation has grown, it's a great strategy um, to be generous with those dollars. Also, people who have privately held businesses. So just like, like we accept Pro- uh, Procter & Gamble and other publicly traded stocks. Uh, we can accept privately held assets there's more of a process to that in terms of um, getting a qualified uh, appraisal and things like that but it's another great strategy to turn to turn some of those assets into impact in the community we also see um, with the donor advice fund a lot of donors taking advantage of what's called a bunching strategy mm-hmm. where in year one they put in they have a they have a lump sum that they decide to put in, or um, they're they're bunching their, their giving by putting it in year one, and then they they give it out year two, year three, year four, which allows them to itemize in the year that they make the gift and then take standard deductions in the alternating years. And that's a way uh, with the tax changes that took place um, a few years ago for them to really make sure that their charitable dollars get that tax deduction.
1: Yeah, it's a great strategy for the next couple of years, and we'll see what happens in uh Twenty twenty foot five for the next year, so uh, fantastic. I know another couple of things that we've seen is uh, QCDs or Qualified uh, Charitable Distribution, which is from somebody who's taking RMDs but not necessarily needing them. Uh, it's that's, a great way to be able to move those funds over to a charitable organization.
2: That's right, and I, I'd love to point out that while those uh, dollars cannot come to a donor advised fund. Um, we do have other funds that people set up here that are designated for specific charities, and when they use those funds, uh, they can put the the dollars in and then take their time making grants to that organization, that singular organization uh, on an um, as desired basis in terms of timing and dollar amounts. I think that if it's a if it's a gift of $10,000, $20,000 or less, it makes sense just to give it directly to mm-hmm. the charity and roll that over. But sometimes people uh, may want to make a, maybe $50,000 or $100,000 for, um, for that QCD. And that fund can be a really nice tool for them in that case.
1: Absolutely. And I know we've talked uh, in the past too, there's obviously the estate planning side, whether yes. it's uh, charitable trusts or life insurance. Or even IRA beneficiaries, uh, you know, funds that don't necessarily have a designated place that they're going to, legacy building, uh, those are also good things to earmark for charitable contributions.
2: So, we're often um, the IRA beneficiary uh, for folks because what they're doing, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, is that that makes us for a smart gift to the charitable entity because. We're not paying uh, tax on that as their heirs would. And so often they're substituting life insurance, perhaps for the children, and we're the ones getting the um, IRA assets. And it's really easy just to write the name of, of a fund into that beneficiary document. And and I'm sure that you recommend to clients to check on those beneficiary designations every few years because, yep. yeah. And so um, so that's just another smart way to give as part of uh, estate planning.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's lots of other ways we could probably go into, but that covers, I think, a lot of the ones people use often. Uh, and again, you know, talk to somebody that you know and trust if you're looking for ways to give charitable contributions in the most tax-efficient manner possible. Um, so one of the things I always love hearing the story about is, do you have kind of a story of somebody who has made a huge impact on the community through their charitable giving, uh, it's always fascinating to me that there are so many different ways to do that out there, and so many charitable people
2: there are and there's a real range, and there's a lot of people who are very quietly uh, working everyday jobs and and putting putting money away that um, you hear about after their lifetime and then there's also people who are big philanthropists and and the story that I'd love to share today. Uh, is about Dick Rosenthal, who in 2016 made the largest gift to, um, to the University of Cincinnati Law School that they had ever received. And it was um, actually um, for the Ohio Innocence Project. And when he speaks about this, and there was an article uh, about him in the business courier, that he had planned to give this gift after his lifetime. And, uh, And what he realized was that hopefully that lifetime would be a long time from now. And there were people who were sitting, um, in jail who were wrongly convicted of crimes that if he gave those dollars sooner, they could have a long and happy life. And so, uh, so he said that, uh, this is a quote from him. He said, there's an urgency in me to get this thing cranked up on a broader scale. I couldn't sleep at night knowing that there would be people locked up for crimes they did not commit. And I had the wherewithal to do something about that. And I think that that just, that sentiment, um, that Dick expresses is something that a lot of people feel that we work with, that there is a sense of urgency to help other people. And, um, we're honored and privileged to to help anyone with their with their giving, um, and we're so grateful that people have such big hearts. Here, it's
1: a fantastic story, and certainly one that has made uh, a lot of impact on people's lives. So, you know, it's just amazing to see how you know everything from a small few pennies all the way up through millions of dollars given can make such an impact.
2: Absolutely, and I think that's a great point that every every dollar makes a difference in individual people's lives who are touched by those gifts.
1: Absolutely. Well, Michelle, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Before we go, though, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about a couple of resources, especially as this Giving Tuesday, but anytime. Uh, And we'll put a couple of those up on uh, links for the podcast. But talk about Giving Tuesday as well as uh, just charitable giving in general resources.
2: Well, we we appreciate that. Um, So for um, for people who are considering a donor advice fund, uh, GCF is a great place to to have a fund where you have community support and um, and personalized service. and also we have an annual fund here that supports the work that that we do around affordable housing and also around economic opportunities in our in our region. And so that will be what we're, what we're promoting on Giving Tuesday. And we have a very generous match from the Friedlander family for the first $25,000 that um, is donated to the annual fund that will be matched by them. And those dollars will also support our women's fund, which is dedicated to um, women's economic self-sufficiency. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of great organizations in our community that we hope that, that donors will support.
1: That's fantastic. Well, we, we love being a part of getting the word out and certainly all the work that philanthropy can do. It's been great having you on the show and we look forward to hearing more about GCF in the future.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Physician Financial Checkup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. You can also find more information on com. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as financial advice. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of any other individual or organization. You should carefully consider your investment objectives, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment decisions. If you are seeking financial advice, you should consult with a qualified financial advisor who can assess your individual circumstances and needs.